So perfectionism can show up in any job, not just a surgeon's job where you need to make sure you're cutting in the right place or an accountant where every last penny needs to be accounted for. So today we're going to be talking about how subtly and also overtly perfectionism shows up in creative careers. And today I'm talking to Jackie Lentz, who, first of all, is hilarious. Second of all, she's a former teacher and she is now an author. She's actually got two manuscripts written and is putting out one to publishing agents. And it's like, hmm, we talked about rejection. Yeah, that's a good one. She was kind enough to let us in on her process of being a creative writer, as well as someone who deals with perfectionism. So just some of the highlights, because I loved talking to her. The highlights of this episode are how she talks to her inner critic so she can get space enough to create, how freedom is a necessary component of creativity, and how this whole thing of being a creative unfortunately involves vulnerability. That's a little bit about those rejection letters. But then again, vulnerability, it's not a bad thing. We talk about that too. So come join us as we go deep and laugh because you really can't do one without the other. All right, I'll see you in a minute. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. Hey everybody, we are back and I am hosting and having a guest. I was going to say I'm guesting, but that's not right. And <laughs> and also uh, the word choice I'm using, I have a perfect guest for that today because she is a teacher and a writer and she could probably gently tell me um, like which term I'm, I'm talking about. Anyway, we've got Jackie here today, Jackie Lentz. And Jackie and I have hung out before. Oh my God, y'all, we had to have two episodes on her podcast because we have a lot of fun talking. So anyway, one of the things I wanted Jackie to um, come and talk about, because I talked about perfectionism on her show, is perfectionism and perfectionism when it comes to being creative, because um, she is writing a book and I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. So anyway, I'm going to pause before we jump into perfectionism and being creative. And Jackie, give us the Cliff Notes, Reader's Digest, whatever you want us to know about who you are, what you're doing, and, you know, your little corner of the world. All right. Well, first, hi, Vicki. Thank you for having me. This is going to hi. be a lot of fun because <laughs> we we are a little bit of a chatterbox, and that is... I know. It's a good, a good time. I'm going to have a great time. One of the things that I do for the listeners to hear about is I have my own podcast, Jackie Just Chatters. And I have to tell you, I got a review. This guy just posted this random review and he had listened to our mm -hmm. episode. 
And he's like, oh my gosh, you guys were so funny and it was so helpful. (sighs) And like he had perfectionism issues and he's like five out of five. He goes, that thing was fantastic. So I've been holding on to that nugget to tell you. Yep. Oh that my was my God. first my like randomly. Yep. It, it was on Instagram and I didn't solicit it. Like it was just like this guy just wrote it and, and tagged me in it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm oh, oh I'm gonna wait to tell Vicky on her show. So uh, I, I was so, so much. Cute. We're internet famous now. Yes. We're we internet are. famous now. Absolutely. <laughs> And um, yeah, and we're going to be hilarious. I have to go back and listen to those episodes. <laughs> we we did laugh a lot. We are both big laughers. Yeah. And that's good. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm a podcaster, a laugher. Uh, I taught social <laughs> studies for almost 20 years. Um, I laughed a lot in the beginning. And towards the end, it was not so funny, which is why I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, I, I'm part of that whole media trend now of why all the teachers are leaving. Hmm, it's not the money, folks, just so you know. The pay's crap, but right. um, that's not it. It's the working conditions. But, okay, that's not why we're here. And I also am a writer. Not published yet, but that's what I'm working on. I'm I'm sending out those mm-hmm. queries right now. I've got my first two rejections in this batch of queries. So I'm like, yes, I'm sweet. You know, it makes you feel like a real writer because you need a lot of rejections to get to your yes. So I'm kind of like, all right, all right, let's get to that, that 50 plus rejection so I can get my yes. (laughs) It's so weird, but hey, it's Um, life's weird. No, it's, it's, it's a great antidote to perfectionism too, right? It's just like, it's, it's, you've told me about your story and I'm not saying this just to, you know, make you feel better. Your story is great. And yet who knows, like who you're sending it to might be like, yeah, that's not really like in our genre or whatever. So like, yeah, go ahead and get those people out. Right. So that there's space for those people that are like, yes, it's like trying to date, you know, it's you're trying to make this connection between you as an author, your story and this literary agent. And there's going to be a lot of like, we just don't match. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And and then we got to move on to the next one. And, and and that's okay. That's all right. Like, there's a lot of people out there I I wouldn't want to date. So right. You know? <laughs> and it doesn't make them bad people. Like, you know, I have to constantly remind myself it doesn't make my story bad. My story's good. It's just not yes. a good fit. And I don't want yeah. somebody trying to go out there and sell my book and and be the voice of my book who doesn't believe in my book. Like it mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense. So, you know, we, right. we need to find a good relationship. That's what I keep telling myself. Right. Well, we'll find out when rejection so, 40 comes in. <laughs> if I'm still saying that same too. <laughs> okay. Well, I love, I mean, I love, okay, go keep, keep introducing no, no. yourself and then I'm going to come back to this oh, rejection oh, I number woe. 40. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm married. I love to travel. 
I read because every writer reads. That's blah, blah, blah. (laughs) That's great. That's good to know. That's good to know. We'll just segue right into what you say about yourself when you are... Because one of the things I wanted to talk about was how you manage your mind. Because the critic and the perfectionism and all that stuff is just, it loves to do the, you know, hanging out over our shoulder and just saying, like demeaning us or undermining us or just going, that that's that doesn't sound right. That's not the best way to say that. or and And this is such a creative thing that you're doing. It's so... It's, it's personal because it's creative oh, and yes. I, I want to know, like, what, how do you manage your mind with this? Like, what are some of the things you say to yourself and then mm. how do you respond to yourself that like, I can't, I can do this even if I get the 39th, you know, rejection letter, which I think you should like do something fun with them. I don't know what it is, make origami <laughs> swans or something, but you know, like. How do you manage your mind around this? Because creativity is, it, it doesn't like constriction. So No. And, and you know what? Honestly, nobody likes the rejection. Nobody likes that. It doesn't matter what you're you're making, producing. We, we don't like that stuff. And perfection is just a pain in the butt. It helps if you've got people around you who are willing to give you a reality bitch slap. Here's a weird example of like having somebody who's going to call you on your crap. I was listening to your latest podcast and how you were talking and you were vacationing in Alaska and you were in the kayak Mm -hmm. and your perfectionism Mm -hmm. was coming out that you had to paddle just right. And you're like, this is stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm missing out on this amazing experience. And you Mm -hmm. were lucky enough to catch yourself. And that reminded me so much My husband and I took a vacation down to North Carolina recently. We were driving Mm -hmm. home and we stopped off on one of those like service stations on the expressway. And I had, we had to get gas and I'm pulling up to the gas area and I'm, I'm looking at every available pump and I'm pro conning every single one. And I'm like, okay, I think I want to go here. (laughs) And my husband looked at me, he goes, you're trying to find the perfect gas pump. They're all the same. Just freaking pick one. So I pulled in, I yep. parked, and I looked at him with like this, I hate you look, but it wasn't him I was hating. I'm like, you're mm. absolutely right. I was looking for the perfect gas pump. I'm like, that's so stupid. And it helps so much to have somebody else call me out on my just insanity because that verbalizing of it helps so often because the yeah. minute he said that, I was like, that's just dumb. That's just the dumbest thing I could, I could ever do. I'm like, and I just started laughing. I'm like, you're right. Okay. I need to get better about this perfectionism mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, please do that. Please continue to do that. When you see me doing perfectionist, dumb stuff, just tell me that's what you observe. <laughs> Because obviously I wasn't observing it. But once you told me, I'm like, nope, I have analyzed the situation. You are absolutely correct. And I'm going to stop now. So. Yeah. And isn't it funny that it just, it's so pervasive. Oh, the it's, little things. It's insane. 
So if you have a friend, somebody close to you who can help call you out on that, it's so helpful because it does get you out of your own head and see things from their perspective. And that's what you need to do. You're always about trying to get yourself to be mindful and stop and get yourself out of your head. Now, with my manuscript, honestly, I think the only reason my my book, Better Late Than Never, got started, got to where it was, is because I had no idea it was a book. That mm-hmm. um, I, I just wanted to write. It was during COVID, and I was really missing that expression and that creativity. And when I was a teacher, you know, I was making lesson plans and various things, and I got to be creative all the time. But when I stopped right. teaching, that was that was out, and I needed something. Mm-hmm. And so I just started looking at, like, writing prompts, and I'm like, I'm just going to get my feet back into writing. I haven't done this in so long, and I just want to play. And I allowed myself the freedom yes. to just play. I'm like, you know what? You're, you're not doing anything with it. I go, you're never... None of this is going anywhere. You're not finishing anything. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting in the water again and getting comfortable with what something you used to do once upon a time. And yep. so that first day, the muses sang in my ear and Bob just <laughs> came out. This this guy who's yeah. almost 60 years old and he's stuck inside and he's he's bored and just kind of about him. So I just wrote about Bob. And I, I right. had so much fun. It was great. It, it, it's exactly what it should be. It was just the pure joy of it. And the next day, yeah. you know, I was supposed to move on. But then his his kind of partner in crime, Ruth, came to be. And she's early 40s and she's bitter and she's angry and she's his housekeeper. The only person he has connection with is this grumpy woman. (laughs) And so I wrote about Ruth and how they met. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, that was a lot of fun. And the next time I wrote, I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's how it should be. That's exactly how it should be. Yeah. And, And because... I didn't have any parameters of any sort. I could do that utter freedom. I just dove right in. There you go. Yep. And then the next day, I'm like, okay, I should move on to another prompt. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's going to ask her to be his travel proxy and to alleviate his boredom. And he's going to send this crotchety woman who has a small, (laughs) bitter life to go travel for him. I'm like, oh my God, I have to write yeah. this. I have to write this scene down. And so I wrote it and I'm laughing my butt off as it's developing in front of me. And and then I was like, well, now I got to see what happens, right? Like I got to know right. what. So then I had to write her first adventure. And then I'm like, okay, this is no longer a writing prompt. This is a story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I had to have... A meeting with my mind. I'm notorious for starting stuff and never finishing it. So I'm like, oh God, me too. Yes. Yeah. And Which like, is a know, perfectionism thing too, absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's like absolutely. I'm not going to finish it because 
Right. If there's and no end product, then I can't be exactly judged and, on it. And so I thought, okay, you're doing this for you and maybe your friends and family who, who will, I forced to read this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just finish the story. Just follow it to its conclusion. That's the only thing I need you to do. Just keep going till it gets done. I'm like, I don't know. This thing could be right. done in another thousand words. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know where it's mm-hmm. going. And I kept writing and I kept writing. Now, things got really sticky about halfway through. And I stopped and I forget how many 10,000s of words I was in. I mean, it was, it was getting very large. And I'm like, well, is it going to be a novella length? And all of a sudden I realized, no, no, it's going to take an entire book to finish the story. And that's when I freaked out. That's when I absolutely freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to write a book. I've never written a book. What do I? And I panicked, absolutely panicked. And that's the thing that I'm wondering is because that was what I was kind of talking to you about before is it's like the freedom and the flow of Mm -hmm. being creative has such a like no, no barriers. And it sounds like you tapped into that in the beginning. Yep. And like you said, the word that is such a hard one for perfectionists and people pleasers, but is play. And then it, you're following it and you're enjoying it. And just like you said, forcing family to read it or whatever, it's kind of instill in the back of your mind. It's kind of like, this isn't going anywhere. And then when a product starts to form, the mind then does this, right. I can't do this. This is a new space. I don't know what's happening here. So how did you talk to yourself through that? Because there was getting, so much talking throughout like the I, whole thing that <laughs> uh, different parts of me had to come into play. Yeah. One was, I'm like, okay, you're, you're a teacher. Because you never stop being one, by the way. Teachers know how to learn. Like that's part of our job is we have to be able to learn new things all the time. You're a lifelong learner when you're a teacher. So I'm like, well, it's not like there isn't information about how to write a book out there. Go find it. True. So I started Mm -hmm. researching and I learned about how to write a book and it was scary and it was overwhelming and I'm like oh my god I have to do this I don't want to do and there was oftentimes like I would get this my book has to do x and I immediately hated it and I rejected it and that's how I am I I have to have my pout and then give me a day right and then I'm like okay all right this is what I have to do and then I just move on like I have to have my initial like oh my god I don't want to do this I'm a big baby and then in 24 mm-hmm. hours, I'm like, all right, baby, suck it up. This is reality. Mm-hmm. And we just, we're going to cruise through. So that yeah. part helps. I, I, yeah, I imagine that it is letting those, and because I do so much with parts of the personality, it's like letting those parts have a say, right? Yes. Because we're not going to muffle them. They're all in the process. And if somebody, you know, it's kind of like your inner world is 
sitting around your boardroom table and one of them says, I'm not sure if we can do this and raises its hand and kind of takes the mic for a while. And the others are like, okay, well, um, what do we do? Because now we're freaking out. Like, how do we calm this part down? And, and sometimes it really is like, I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to sleep on it. And so it sounds like you kind of let that part be part of the process yes. and then it calmed down and kind of stepped aside and other parts of you could step up and kind of take, take the ball and keep going. Yes. I'm a very, I'm kind of a realist is, is my general like okay. thought process. And that is always my saving grace. But there's that part of me that is a very <laughs> emotional response. And, and yeah, I learned you let your emotional spot have it say. And so I would moan and complain and do whatever I wanted for that short amount of time and get it out. And then after yeah. it had its its moan, the other voices of the mind like, okay, we get it. And that's frustrating. And I'm sorry. But the reality is, you have to do this. And the first <laughs> few times I made myself start doing the things that a story supposed to have, Again, right. the realistic part of me looked back and they're like, isn't it better? Isn't this a better story now? And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, it is. They were right. This advice is true because it's made my story better. Then I'm like, right. okay, so go ahead, have your moan, be upset, but then do it because you'll be happier with your product in the end. So it, it becomes this process. Right. Like I'm going to immediately reject it. I'm going to bitch and moan. <laughs> And then I'm just going to have time to come and accept it. And then I move forward. And then I will reanalyze it and be like, okay, which was right. The realistic side of doing it or the bitching and moaning. And pretty much always. Yeah. The advice is good. You know? Yeah. And but it's a dance, right? Like It is. Bet and between... I've got to have the full range of my, of my emotional response to this. And then my logical response to this, like the full range has got to be here or else we're, we're just going to kind of go in a cul-de-sac about like, I don't want to do this. Why do I have to have a story that has this part of it in it? And, right. and allows you to get back, I imagine, to the creativity and the flow, as long as you just have a few parameters. Right. And one of the things that's really difficult as a writer is learning to trust yourself of when mm. you're trying something and you're like, no, I know this works. It's, it's funny when I was doing the Grammarly of, of my book and there's like a bajillion different mistakes and there's things like, oh, this is grammatically incorrect. I'm like, well, yes, I know it is because one it's, it's in dialogue we do not speak grammatically right. correct in dialogue. And I'm like, I don't want that. I'm making a point that's voice. So I'm like, nope, dismiss, mm -hmm. dismiss. I've got one second tier character who's from the South. So, you know, you've got some of that accent feeding in and they're like, oh, this is grammatically. I'm, yes, mm -hmm. deal with it. I'm like, I know the sentence structure mm -hmm. is not the way you want. It's called voice. And mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm trusting myself that this is how I want it to sound. So it's one of those things right. of finding out when is the advice correct and you should take it? And when is it no, 
this is how I want it to be and sound. And Mm -hmm. like my book has some epistolary chapters. They've got letters. And I realize not everybody likes to read letter chapters because they are written in a very different way than the other ones. Because you're not having like a normal scene happen. There's no dialogue. It's a letter. So it's structured very differently. But I'm like, no, it is important to how the story develops. And I love them. So I'm putting them in there. (laughs) And that is what I want. That is how I want this story to go. And I believe in it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You know, it's like now I know there's going to need to be edits. And if they tell me like, okay, they want me to do some changes to the letters or whatever. I, that's fine. I can understand that. But I'm not getting rid of them. So mm-hmm. and yeah, and that's a hard thing is is being able to trust yourself. That takes a long time. I mean, I've written two manuscripts and I honestly think it took till the end of the second before I really understood my voice and know that I'm willing to defend it. It, it was, is not a quick process yes. because you're totally unsure. So yeah. So I got to the book level. I'm freaking out. I get advice. Mm-hmm. I'm learning how to take it. Not gracefully, but I'm taking it. The other thing is, thank God, I'm just stubborn. Like, there's sometimes when I stick my feet in, like, I just, that's it. And I'm like, you so to yourself early on, you had to finish the story. That was your only requirement. No matter what happened, how, I'm like, that has not changed. So you have to finish. And there were times I took breaks. Like, I stopped writing for, like, two, three months. I was wondering. Yeah, there were massive breaks. And my sister, both times, she thought, you're not going to go back. She didn't say it, but I know she was thinking it. Mm -hmm. And she told me later, she goes, oh, yeah, I never thought you'd finish this. Because I've seen you drop it and never get back. And she goes, I couldn't believe every time you got back into the game. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I could let myself have a break. But I was going to finish however long it took this would have an ending and it right it took a year over a year to get it done but it got done and it felt amazing and i had to find my own way of writing i'm there's they kind of put us in two categories there's planners so somebody who plans everything out ahead of time like they've They've outlined their entire book and then they call it pantsers. I hate pantsers. I call it chaos writers that you write it as you kind of go along. Not to say that you can't have any structure. That would be me. That's me. I love the chaos of it. (laughs) And for me, that's the joy. I love learning about it as I go along. And Mm -hmm. Like there, there have been so many times, like I've written a scene and I'm like, oh my God, that just happened. That's, <laughs> that's the real thing. Oh my, oh, I, I will shock myself. I will stun myself. Yeah, I've made cool? myself cry. Like I, I'm almost like reading it as if I wasn't writing it. 
I swear sometimes there's just a muse yeah. in my head that these characters are dictating and I'm just a secretary writing this stuff down. Yep. And they're just telling yeah, me I have heard that before. their story. And it's it's the best. It's my favorite. I mm-hmm. I am totally I think lost in it. And that's, I mean, the joy is what I'm picking up from what you're talking about right now. It's like there really is play and joy in it. And and I I have mad respect for people that write books. I have someone that I'm working with right now who has has written a book and I'm just in awe of this person. And so I'll be in awe of two people soon. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I find that the, the draw of being creative, because that's one of the values for me is like, I have to have creativity in my life and creativity and freedom and things like that. And I don't really have a lot of play, but we're getting there where we're working on it. Um, but I think that the, the trust that you're talking about and, you know, we're, we're also, you know, remembering that we're talking about perfectionism in the creative world, but I think the trust and the freedom to kind of go into the dark with these characters and to let yourself be surprised Mm -hmm. And to let yourself be a channel and to um, then walk with yourself as you're saying, like, I'm at a dead end with this and I need to take some time off knowing that you might have not been a follow thrower. And then hearing that, you know, filling that pull and hearing those characters start to talk to you again and bring you back to your laptop and just how you walk yourself through that, right? I mean, I don't know a lot of artists that paint or do that kind of creative um, work, but I I imagine that there is a vision as they start and it unfolds and it might go into a different place than they had in their mind, but they let that creative part of them have free reign and they go along for the ride. And I, I just want to, to bring up the word vulnerable because I do think it is a very creativity and going into the unknown and walking with yourself and not, you know, not following the, um, the planner path, but trusting that things will, you know, find their way and find their timing. How do you, like, what's your relationship with vulnerability? Like, what have you kind of done when you felt vulnerable in the past? And what have you noticed as you're sort of reflecting now about how you've been working with your vulnerability through this process? You know what? I got to give a lot of props to Brene Brown. When I okay. left teaching, I listened to her, what was it? The Power of Vulnerability. And... I hadn't really thought a lot about it up until that point. Mm -hmm. One of the things I really took away from that was to be vulnerable is one of the bravest things you can do. Like you are not weak when you are vulnerable. You are Mm -hmm. a superhero. And... If I want to show my strength and show myself 
that I have strength. I need to be vulnerable. And with the podcast, with the writing, that's, I'm testing myself all the time of being Mm -hmm. vulnerable. Yeah. Now I have a background that a lot of people don't that helps with that. As a teacher, you're up in front of students, you're up in front of an audience every day, all day. And when, when I started teaching, I made a decision. I did not, I was not, the goal was never to be their friend. I wasn't looking for popularity. If they liked me, that was awesome. And I, I, I wanted them to, if possible. My goal was respect. Mm-hmm. Because if they respected mm-hmm. me, then they would respect the knowledge that came out of my mouth. They were more willing and receptive to what I was trying to teach them. And that was mm-hmm. my number one goal was to teach them. So respect was important. F- like was second. And you're never going to get everyone to like you no matter what. And I mean, I've had students call me all kinds of names, Mm. names I won't even use on here. Right. And you just start building up a skin. You learn, hey, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone's Mm going to like social studies. Not everyone's going to like me. You know, I wasn't the fun, friendly one who gave them everything. And, you know, I made them earn their grades and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I I saw the benefit of it. And I take that into the vulnerability of sharing myself. I already know the practical me says not everyone's Mm -hmm. going to like you. Okay. You don't need everyone to like you. And that as writers, I feel one of the most important thing is that blurb on the back of the book jacket. It needs to so well describe not only your book, but the feel of that book. So that people who aren't into that say, oh, that's not me. I'm going to put that down. Because they shouldn't read it. If it's not their jam, mm-hmm. all they're going to do is leave you a bad review. And it, that doesn't mean your book was bad. It just means it wasn't a good right. fit for them. Like there are genres and I kinds of books that. that I don't care for. Does not mean they're badly written. It just right. means they're not for me. Like mm-hmm. I've read books that I could tell this is a well-written novel but I didn't like it. It was too Mm -hmm. depressing. It was too demoralizing. It hurt too much. And I just, I Mm -hmm. wanted an escape. And so it's not, it was a bad book. It just was bad for me. And because I can recognize that as a reader, I know that as a writer, of course, not everybody's going to like my stuff. It's, you know, it's like anything, like with music, you know? Yes. Not everyone's going to like yeah. Queen, even though they're the greatest band ever. But some people won't. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess right. that's okay, you know? Yeah. So. And I mean, 
what I'm hearing you say around this whole process, because I know we have to find our time to close, because I, I think that there's so much in this that we could expand on. But what I hear you saying is it really is a relationship with yourself and it is a product that you've created, but you have a relationship with these characters and they live in you. You have a relationship with this muse and that muse, you know, you tap into it and you trust it. You have a relationship to timing. It took, it takes a year, you know, if somebody would tell you it's going to take a year for this thing to be birthed. You'd be like, Oh God, I don't know if I have the patience for that, but you've, you know, you've really gotten into the crevices of the relation of like, of you, like you've gotten into the different parts of you through this expression, through your words and your energy and your feel and your story and coming back to something after two months and trusting like you're just now saying that it's okay. I can put myself out there and kind of weather a few windy storms of people not liking it just because it's not a fit and I don't have to take it personally. It's like, this is such a personal endeavor and such a, it is like a takeaway it's like, God, wow, the relationship you have with yourself now after creating this is amazing. When I started my second manuscript, I knew from the beginning it was going to be a book, which it was a very different experience from the first one. It was not easier. It just was all new challenges. But mm-hmm. and, and right now I'm my brain's cooking on manuscript number three. But there's something that you said multiple (laughs) times earlier. And when you listen to the transcript, you're going to hear yourself say it. The trade-off of why I keep coming back, why I have to keep coming back. The freedom. When I am Mm -hmm. lost in this world, when I'm creating it and getting to know these characters, it is one of the freest moments of my life. There are times it's, yeah. it, you feel like you're flying. There's no restrictions. Mm. You are just absolutely boundless. And yeah. it is intoxicating. It is a phenomenal yeah, yeah. feeling. And so you will put up with everything else to get another taste of that freedom. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. You got to have more. And so even when you stop writing for two months, you're going to come back because you've got to have more of that. And mm-hmm. it's it's a drug. Yeah. And, it, and, and yeah. once you tap into that, and that's whatever your creative thing is, whatever gives you that feeling of of lightness and joy and freedom and weightlessness. Whatever it is for who, whoever you are, when you find that, you're done. You have, you have sacrificed yourself to it because you will do whatever you have to do to come back <laughs> to it again and again and again because it is just the most joyous thing out there. 
and you'll do anything for that. Yeah. And I don't think that has anything to do with perfectionism, right? It just It is the antithesis it of, of perfectionism. Allows, yeah. It it's yeah, the it cure the perfectionism just to to step aside. Yeah. 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 And it's a risk. It really is a risk to to go inward and to take the ride with yourself and the parts of you that really understand the richness of freedom and flow and creativity. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm a feeler. I'm, I gotta, yeah, every time I start a sentence, I'm like, I feel, I feel. I don't start sentences with I think. <laughs> so I really wanted to talk to you about this today because I feel, see, I yep. feel like yep. <laughs> the creativity piece is just such a, uh, it's just, I can't, I don't even well, have words I, to I it. Wish it everyone could in find, my mind. I wish everyone could find their creative thing because it is the cure to perfectionism. Like perfectionism tries to get mm -hmm. in its way and, and it does like, I will read sentences or I'll like, Oh, this is wrong. And I'm like, you're not enjoying writing now. You have to go mm -hmm. away. And right. it helps me kick perfectionism out because I want that joy yeah. and I cannot have that freedom if perfectionism is around. Right. And it is an antidote. You want to stop your perfectionism, yeah. find your freaking joy, freedom, creativity, whatever it is. It will help you defeat perfectionism, even just a little bit. You you just take it. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for talking us through your process and giving us a little window into your world of creativity. And I completely am high-fiving the... Um, the you know the gentle challenge to get out and see what what creativity might be able to offer you to relax that perfectionism so and we can't wait until the you know 10 acceptance letters you get and you have to decide <laughs> who's going to actually be your person to get this thing um out into the hands of those who want to have a great story so um, I look forward all right, to that too. We're going to close. Thank you for having me. This, yep. is, this has been fun as always. Yeah. I always love hanging out yep. with you. Same. And I will let all you listeners know when, um, when things are, when Jackie's book is about to drop or whatever the terminology <laughs> is. I will definitely let you know when I get some go. news. All right, everybody. So we have a little bit of a challenge for you just to like, I don't know, go get some watercolors. Like that's always a really good one to mess with perfectionism. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, do something. Yeah. Dance. I don't know. Just find something in the next day or so as you ride the energy of this conversation between Jackie and I and just play, see if you can play and, and, see if you can get really uncomfortable with it and then like move to the other side because there is another side. 
So, all right, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, pleasers and perfectionists. Until next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about me and how I work, please go to www.powertothepleasers.com. And if you want to get even more special attention, get on the mailing list. It's not fluff. It's not going to waste your time. It's always intentional and educational. So I'll see you there. Later.